From multiple highly secure top secret locations throughout South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast. I am Mike Finger back with Jeff McDonald and Tom Ringo Starr Orsborne is with us this week. Nick Talbot is not, but Tom, to start out with, that whole Russian hacking of the of the U.S. Commerce Department that had nothing to do with your technical issues, correct? I don't know. We're investigating. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's possible. I've been targeted before. Yeah, and, and, and you might have been one of the people doing the targeting, knowing your prowess with technology and breaking into that's, things. That's so right. That's right. I, imme- I immediately thought of you when that story broke was hoping it would not affect the Spurs Insider podcast. So just glad to have you here today. We're hearing you. It's a big week. Go ahead, Jeff. I got nothing. Keep talking. Oh, okay. Okay. It's it's a big week. Like all weeks are big here in the secure locations. Uh, the preseason schedule is underway. It started Saturday. The Spurs lost a, a just a heartbreaker to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, another contender in the Western Conference. Uh, what, 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 did, what did this big uh, uh, debut tell us about the state of the Spurs, either Tom or Jeff? I think it's time to fire pop. I, I almost led with that. But yeah, yeah you're go, go, the lead then. Yeah, elaborate. Well, I mean, if you, if you can't win your preseason opener, what good are you? That's, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. That's the kind of good point you get here on the Spurs Insider Podcast. I've heard that um, these these good points that we've been making are leading to um, perhaps a third listener uh, that, that has been confirmed out there this week. So, I mean, the word is spreading, and um, I, I just see great things for this podcast heading into the 2020-2021 season. You confirm um, this third. You confirm this third 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 listener, like in person. Uh, I don't have a second source on that yet, so I probably should. I mean, if you're just talking about Twitter people, those could be bots, and probably she or she in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I might have been the same person who hacked the Commerce Department. They just made a mistake. Um, but on on the preseason debut, that 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 riveting loss to the Thunder, I think just to get into some legitimate Spurs discussion here. One issue that this team is facing as it heads into this season in which Greg Popovich has said a change is needed, um, a problem is like the guys that we want to see the change from aren't available yet. So we talked in previous podcasts about how this team is going to be free-flowing and look like the bubble but when there's no Derek White and there's no Keldon Johnson and on down the line, like it, it, you, they're kind of stuck. Um, not that preseason matters that much, but it, it's, it's hard to move full fledged into that new era when you still aren't full yet. Right. Yeah. They started a starting five against the thunder that looked, uh, would have looked at home, you know, five years ago, a dinosaur ball with, um, you know, Murray and DeRozan. DeRozan's back at two. You had, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Rudy Gay three. Three, and then the, your twin towers of Aldridge and Pirtle. So, yeah, the, the, the uh, I wouldn't call that small ball at that right. point. I don't, I think the small ball, we kind of asked Pop about this a little bit, and he kind of indicated even with guys out, we still have to, you know, we're not going to change what we want to do 
just because we have guys out, but then they kind of did and kind of were forced to like, this is, I don't think this is the lineup they really want to use, but it's with, with those two guys out that you mentioned, plus Lonnie Walker coming back, you know, he had been limited in practice with a, with a back injury heading into that game. Um, I think you just, your hand was kind of forced to to play a, play a lineup that I don't know that we're going to see a whole lot once everybody's healthy or if everyone's healthy. Right. I mean, it just seems like, all the issues that the Spurs have faced over the year, they finally decided they're going to do this new thing and something else pops up where they can't do it yet. Um, I mean, Rudy Gay, we could see yet five this year, right? I mean, it, that wasn't that outrageous to think that he'd, he'd be the biggest guy on the floor at times. And now he's back to playing three just because there, there's nothing, nobody else available. And I, I don't know how much of a long-term effect that happened that has on a season when, when you can't, play the guys you want to play in the preseason. The other, other teams are dealing with it around the league too, but it, it's got to be frustrating to a degree to, to not be able to, um, to kind of get going all the way on this stuff. Tom, anything? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, the thing that I'm wondering about is Derek, you know, we know that Derek had the off Derek White had the off season surgery on his toe uh, Quindari had the offseason surgery on his knee. Keldon Johnson, though, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that that foot injury hasn't been flushed out yet. Um, we just don't know much about that. And, you know, I, he's, he's he seems like such a big part of what they're hoping to do after his performance in the bubble. So, you know, I'm just just wondering about his status. And I asked Pop for an update before um before Saturday's game, and uh, he had none to give. Uh, Were you shocked uh, by that, Tom? I, I was not shocked by that, but still, I'm just I'm just wondering about him and what his, you know, what his situation is, how he how he got hurt, and um, you know when he'll be back. It's it's a good point. I mean, the, the Spurs obviously are not the most forthcoming team in the league about injuries, and you know. Going back over it, this could this could be a minor thing that is just a, a bone bruise or whatever, and I'm completely yeah. speculating there. And, it, and he could be fine in a month, but I mean, this is the same organization that started out, you know, three years ago, however long ago it was. Time runs together. In in September and October, that Kawhi Leonard was just kind of dealing with something that would keep him out for a week or so, and then led to what everybody has heard about over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. No. It's it, it's hard to to hear any report of a guy a key guy being out and not at least have some kind of question or concern about how serious it is. Yeah, yeah everything's colored now by what what happened with Leonard, but you know, Pop did fill us in on Lonnie Walker uh, unsolicited. That was uh, you know that was purely coming from him, uh, which was uh, kind of a you know out of character that he let us know about the back injury and. Uh, right that obviously isn't serious because, because he's back. And, uh, but, uh, still, you know, you just wonder about, about Johnson. Um, you know, Rudy Gabe talked a little bit about him after the game, comparing him and Devin and, uh, what they can do together defensively. Uh, you know, there are two different styles of, of players, but, uh, you know, throw him into the mix along with Derek White and DeJounte Murray. It's a pretty, pretty stiff perimeter defense, which is what's, what they lacked uh, uh, in the early going against Oklahoma City. Uh, they were a step behind pretty much all of the first half. 
Um, not to go too inside baseball on the injury reporting aspect of this, but this is sort of where, um, you know, the COVID times and and uh, what we're, uh, you know, doing everything by Zoom and remotely and not being at practice, not not being on the event level of games, it really hurts uh, the reporting aspect of this because in, in prior seasons, you could have seen Keldon Johnson with your own eyes walking around or not walking around. Is he in a walking boot? Is he not? Is he on crutches? Is he not? You could get a gauge of seriousness that way. You might bump into him in a locker room and be able to actually ask him in person, hey, Keldon, what's up with your foot? And possibly get an answer that way. Um, none of none of those avenues are really available um, in, in this in this day and age because we're doing everything from from home basically, and you're kind of at the um, you know mercy of who the Spurs want to put on the Zoom. Like the, we've we've asked for Keldon Johnson, they're not going to put him on while he's injured. Um, so you know you're kind of at the mercy of who you talk to that way and what kind of interactions you can have. This is something you could probably grab an assistant coach off to the side uh, and and hey, what's what's up with with Keldon? And you know that is not something you can do in COVID time. So it, it just, it's maybe a little inside baseball, a little behind the scenes, but that does, uh, it, it's, it's, it's more difficult to report that sort of stuff um, when you're not allowed to talk to people one-on-one and see it with, with your own eyes. And of course we understand the reasons we can't do that. I'm just pointing out that it, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. And when, I mean, in, in terms of the Encore product, when you have uncertainty about Kelvin Johnson, that wouldn't necessarily be as big of a deal if you could play Derek White. If Lonnie Walker was totally back and was starting again, but I mean, when none of those guys are around, um, you're kind of just stuck in in neutral in a sense um, because you you can't move forward into what they're they're trying to do. And hopefully, we'll have some news on Kelvin at some point. I mean the the reporting does not stop. It just has to kind of shift gears into a different yeah. form of it. And hopefully we can get there. Um, but it it's as, as forthcoming as, as pop is on some things, you know, he's not going to tell us everything and uh, there's no expectation of that, obviously. So we just have to go with what we've seen. And one thing that we did see um, it's kind of a weird dynamic and that I think Jeff had written um, leading into this preseason about how different the situation would be for rookies for draft picks, because they got basically no uh, time to, to get integrated into the system. They got no summer league. Uh, the way Jeff had, had written that this could be a year when it's harder than ever for, for rookies to get on the floor. And yet because of the situation of nobody being available, you got Devin Vassell kind of being one of the stars of the preseason game against the Thunder, he looked like the brightest spot to me. And maybe this works out in a sense where, where he actually can be uh, a relatively immediate contributor to, to this team. He, he looked yeah, good. Sir. He, looked, he yeah. looked like a lottery pick. So I think, <laughs> I think you know, one preseason game in, that's a, that's a pretty good sign. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it, it was uh, the takeaway from that game was afterward Pop and Rudy Gay talking about Devin. You know, the same things we heard late last season about Keldon Johnson. You know, just the mm-hmm. the heart, the uh, the the sense of I, I belong out here. I'm not awed by this stage. I'm not confused. You know, just being kind of a uh, 
you know, having the moxie that you, you want to see uh, from a, from a guy that's, uh, you know, not intimidated by, by the move up and, and what's being asked of him. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was, uh, uh, you know, that was a bright spot uh, coming out of that game. I mean, the biggest, biggest takeaway for me was just his play. I think Devin, you, is, Devin is the opposite of me in that I am often awed by the big stage. And, and <laughs> Tom, earlier in the, in this podcast, you'd started a, um, a sentence or an observation about perimeter defense saying that was, that was the Spurs biggest problem. And you said in the first, in the first quarter against Oklahoma city, I thought you were going to say most <laughs> of last season. Yeah. And, and uh, both are true. And, and when things were going badly on defense for this team last year in recent years, it was because um, they, they didn't have those guys that they've had over the years that can lock down a guy on defense. And uh you know, I think when you when you think about the possibilities of Keldon Johnson being out there on the floor with Devin Vassell, um, all of a sudden, what was a weakness can turn into a strength pretty quickly. And and I realize we're we're overreacting way too much to a preseason game, but this is why they drafted this kid eleventh overall um, was because of precisely what he showed in that in that game in terms of being able to play both ends of the floor. I think his you know, he wasn't perfect from the field, but there, there's clearly a jump shot in there somewhere. This is probably not going to be a guy that plays, what, in the top six, seven on the team in minutes this year. But that's he, – he, he, at the moment, he's not a bust. And I think that counts as positive yeah. news for this team. I mean, very positive active. It's yeah. positive news that their first-round draft pick wasn't a bust after the first preseason game. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean – I'm talking about this is a franchise that's looking for any kind of positive news it can sure. get. And but if he I'm, be, I'm, being, I'm being sort of facetious about not a okay. bust, but All right. you, 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 you want any you want any silver lining you can get. And so if if, you know, he'd have, if he'd have gone on there and pooped the bag against Oklahoma City, he's a bust. Then of course not. And and I think you're being intentionally obtuse. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> the, 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 the point the point is I always think of Shawshank Redemption when I hear that word of course of course the warden, the warden I, I can also be unintentionally point. obtuse you don't know that um yeah that that's true you're you're versatilely versatilely <laughs> obtuse um the, the point is okay if if Kelton Johnson's not playing Derek White's not playing you don't know what the future of LaMarcus and DeMar is and then uh, your first round pick goes out and, and, and it looks terrible in the first preseason game. Well, then the sky is falling, but, but he, he looks like a lottery pick. And so, Hey, there's something to build on. Patty Mills is uh, the, 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 what, what did McDonald write? The boomer ball again. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I thought that if, if we want to get into that, I thought that was kind of counterintuitive the idea that this is of all the years is the year when Patty wants to be the, the Australian national team scorer type on this team. When this also is a year when you're looking for the young guys to assert themselves a little bit more. How, I'm not, I'm not yeah. doubting this. I'm, I'm just, how, how does that work? Kind, I of, mean, kind of explain how, how those two 
pieces fit together. I mean, I don't know about you, but I watching that team last year, the way they played, I thought the one thing that is missing is Patty Mills uh, trying to turn himself into Allen Iverson. <laughs> like if, if that had happened earlier, I think they would have been in the playoffs. Well, I think you're wrong about that. Oh, I'm being uh, now. I think you're being obtuse. Yeah, see how it feels. Would 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 go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, how, how did, why why just explain that to me? To I, I've heard we just got a fourth listener that might have just tuned in. Um, how does it work that in a year that's all about the youth that you also want Patty Mills to to be a, a Allen Iverson scoring machine? If I were a cynical man, which, as you both know, I am not, right? Um, I would wonder if uh, uh, the contract year might have something to do with it. Oh, so you're saying a player might be concerned I'm about not, his not, yeah, next I'm not contract. saying Patty Mills specifically. I'm saying if I were a more cynical man, talking uh-huh. about just just a, just a player in general that was in a in a contract year on a, a team that's not going to be all that good. I'm, I, you know. Let's say if it was me, yeah, I might shoot 20 times a game too. Okay, but if I were a, a, a person who always tries to believe the best in people, which you both know that I am. That's true. Um, uh, why then would the Spurs be on board with this? Because it's not just Patty Mills saying he wants to bring FIBA Patty back. It seems like the Spurs would welcome that. Um, how does – break it down. I know this is not your strength, but basketball X's and O's wise, how does – Patty Mills coming off the bench, putting up shots, fit into what the Spurs are trying to build. I would like to see how it actually works out in practice. We did. We, I mean, I don't mean in practice, but uh, you know, in in games on the floor. I'd like to see how it right. on the floor. And we did see one game of it uh, against Oklahoma City, and and uh, he led the team in scoring, I believe, with twenty four points. Yeah. Um, how that, how, I really can't answer your question. I mean, I, for one thing, when I heard all, when I heard all this, that Patty Mills is going to be FIBA Patty, I was thinking, when has that guy ever been shy about taking shots? Right. Like, haven't we already seen this? So I would like to see what, what I, I guess I'd like to see what they mean before I can really, uh, speak to why or how, or if it's good or bad. Right. And he was he was stressing afterward the variety of shots that he took, you know, some mid range, some he was attacking the rim more. But that, you know, that's as you pointed out, how do you remake yourself? And, uh, you know, Allen Iverson, <laughs> you know, do you really want to see him attacking the rim? Uh, you know, more a, often, a, I don't know. There's a variety of shots, but I didn't see him shoot one shot granny style. So, right. You know, get back to me when he puts that in his repertoire. <laughs> I. I, I think it's it's probably much ado about nothing. This is just the, the silly time of year when everything when that somebody things, says yeah. on a Zoom is made into a huge story. I think Patty probably is who he's always been and will continue to be that person. And I mean, if he if he does average twenty points a game, I mean that probably fits in fine. <laughs> yeah, um, he'll like take that's, it. That, that's not a terrible thing. But I I, I just think that on the list of priorities um, on the list of things that the Spurs want to see this season, Patty Mills scoring 20 points a game probably is it, not. It, it could, it could be like, you, it could be like you say a silly training camp storyline. And it's kind of funny because we do all these zooms and it was, yeah. we, you know, Patty is talking about FIBA Patty. And then, uh, you know, Pop is saying he wants Jakob to shoot more. And then, Right. Uh, you know, Rudy Gay's on the Zoom and somebody asked him if, you know, he feels like he has to assert himself more and be more of a scorer like he was. And it was Rudy that said, like, 
you know, that, that's just what people say at this time of year. Like all of us want to be aggressive. All of us want to look to score, but we, we can't all shoot 20 times a game. Like, but so not all these people that they want to quote unquote be aggressive are going to take a whole bunch more shots than they normally do. I do think, uh, I do think one thing we saw that we're going to continue to see is, is LA out on the perimeter. Maybe not 10 a game, but uh, like you did Saturday, but I think that's one thing that's going to carry over and hold true. Was it Patty that said he also passed up 10? Yeah. So, so uh, Patty wants just everybody to be FIBA Patty. Like he wants, (laughs) he wants the Marcus taking 23s a game too, apparently. Jeff just reminded me of something else that I miss in these COVID times. I miss going to the locker room and just seeing Rudy Gay like roll his eyes at something. Like, like Rudy, yeah. the, the, the fact that, that Rudy is the one on the Zoom who talked about how that's just what people say. He's, he's that type of guy pretty much all the time. You go in there, you go talk to Rudy for a reality check on something, right? Yes. I mean, uh, and God, that just makes me wistful for, for, for the days of, of going in and, and being able to talk to a guy, not formal question and answer through virtual reality, yeah. but just having a guy kind of tell you how it is. And, and you know, I bet Rudy is wistful to talk to you as well. He, I He's bet he is. You. Okay. Another just spur of the moment memory I just had. One of the last trips we were on before the pandemic. I remember being at a shoot around and um, was this in Cleveland maybe? And talking and sitting next to the court next to Rudy. And I'd asked him about, because the, the pandemic was coming and they were encouraging hand yeah, sanitizer. Yeah. I remember that, I remember they, they gave out hand sanitizer to people because they were afraid of uh, what, what, what was coming. And I, <laughs> and I asked Rudy, are you afraid? of talking to, uh, to us now, you know, of, of, of the, the lowly reporters. And he kind of laughed. And I said something like, We're, we can be pretty disgusting, right? And he said, uh, he's, what he, he said, I've been in the locker room, in, in locker rooms for 15 years. Y'all aren't nearly as disgusting as we are. <laughs> so uh, uh-huh. you, you, you just miss stuff like that from those guys. But um, that, that, was a, that was a tangent that people love on these Spurs. And right. Seven I mean, like, which, like when we had this year, last year and this year, we're never going to know which Spurs player thinks they could beat up Mike Tyson. <laughs> that's like, that's not going to happen on a Zoom. So that's true. Um, Tom mentioned the LaMarcus Aldridge thing, which is another kind of annual preseason ritual. We've been talking about LaMarcus Aldridge shooting threes for four years now, but I, I, I think it's as, as he proved midway through last season, that's it's legitimate now. And it's, it's not a novelty thing. Um, he's going to shoot him. I'm not sure that makes the Spurs into something great or, or, or vastly different, but I, I, it's, it's gotta be at least moderately encouraging to know that he is continuing to embrace this style of play. Right. Yeah, it opens, stretches the floor and, you know, back to Keldon Johnson, um, you know, want to see him penetrating and and Derek White and certainly um, L.A. being a threat out there is going to help in that department. Just been quiet for far too long. Oh, I was uh, making lunch. No, I'm kidding. Um, um, Yeah, you know, I I think it's it's. 
it works for the Spurs and it, it works for LA too. I mean, he's getting to the, you know, not to, not to call him old, but he's 35. Like we're, we're definitely in the twilight years of the LaMarcus Aldridge NBA career. Um, it's probably a way for him to stay relevant um, and, and continue to get work, even as he gets older, if he can, if he can knock down those three balls at, and take them at, at a decent enough clip. You know, he, he took his, he took more than he ever shot in his life last year. Um, and, and the Spurs would like him to do that more. And I think, I think he's amenable to it. So I think it will, it'll work out for both sides. It, it probably fits into your just horribly cynical take from earlier about guys in their contract years. Um, because LaMarcus is going to be looking for a new gig after this season too. And it probably would not hurt him to show some um, versatility, some, some willingness to play the the modern game. So, and, and by the way, like that's not a bad thing for teams to have guys motivated to earn right. new, new contracts. Right. Like right. That's, that, that works well for both sides. The Spurs got four of them. Yeah. Um, is this Talbot guy joining us, joining us legitimate, or is this a Russian? I don't know. He, he. I'm here, but I have n- uh, the only thing I know you're talking about now is uh, Lamarcus Aldridge shooting a lot of three pointers. <laughs> That's true. Um, we we discussed earlier. Can we go back and, and start and, over? And we discussed earlier, and you might have you might have been a part of this too, Nick. But Tom denied responsibility for the hacking of the State Department. Um, and I, I know that he was one of the chief suspects there because of his uh, online prowess and his ability to to, to manipulate. I, I do know where Foggy Bottom is, though. <laughs> um, I, I can find it on the Metro in D.C. I mean, and he denied it, but is, isn't that what you would do if you if you actually did it? Of course, you deny me, it. That only makes me suspect him more. Yep, it only makes me suspect him more. While we have a pause in the pause in the action, every one of these Spurs Insider podcasts, um, we're supposed to note that if you want more of this insightful commentary, you can go to expressnews.com. You can subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter, where there's lots of um, dispatches from Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborn. And if you if you want to analyze all of Tom Orsborn's writings, you can probably find some kind of code in there that um, he's passing along to his contemporaries, to his co-conspirators and his, his online conspiracy. So that can be a fun thing too. <laughs> Just somebody's somebody's going to find something now. What's that, Jeff? Somebody's going to find something now. You've got them searching. One of these well, dorks think, is going to find something. I think that that can only help our, our business model. Um, what is coming up? We've pretty much covered everything from that riveting preseason opener. What's 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 next that this team uh, uh, has to look forward to before the big regular season opener? We got a double dip in Houston this week, Tuesday and Thursday. Will James Harden be there? Um, I don't know. Um, do I look like Jonathan Fagan to you? Do you well, feel Jonathan Fagan be there? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Do you feel this is a good way to wrap up? We got a couple minutes left. What what goes through your mind to use a sideline reporter uh, staple there, Jeff McDonald? When you when you look at Jonathan Fagan, the Rockets beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, dealing with the James Harden story, 
does, does, does it, does it, do you empathize with him? Do you have any flashbacks to the Kauai saga? Do you think that this ends any, and I, I don't ask, I'm not asking you for any rockets insight, but, but do you, has, has any of these hardened developments made you think about the Kauai thing? What I think about when I think about Jonathan Fagan covering not just the Harden thing, but just the the Rockets saga in general over the last twelve months is that poor, poor bastard. <laughs> that's, that's outrageous. That is outrageous. That's a lot for one year. And you know, like I you know, the Spurs like, except for the Kawhi thing, the Spurs are usually pretty steady and, and there's not a whole lot going on as far as off the court shenanigans. But if you think about the Rockets, they had uh, you know, Morrigate and, and the, the China thing. And then they they traded for Russ and then they traded for John Wall. And now it's John, uh, James Harden is is uh, off the reservation and they fired D'Antoni and then Maury went to Philly. Like that's a lot for uh, poor Mr. Fagan to cover in one year. So whatever they're paying him over there in Houston, it's it's not enough. And I can get, they do, he does get a raise. Uh, Fagan can give me 10%. It, it is an example of how quickly things can fall apart in the NBA, no matter sure. how. And there's blame to go around. There was blame to go around what happened in San Antonio. There was blame to go around when it happened. You know, uh, uh, Boston's had some of this stuff happen. Um, there's blame to go around in Houston. But it's some of these super teams, some of these great situations, their, their, their stranglehold on that is so tenuous that, um, I mean, things can fall apart in a hurry, whether it's the beat writer, whether it's the GM, whether it's the player, like it just makes you remember um, how, how fortunate it is for any team to hold on to championship level play for any extended period of time. And I remember, and, I, I know this isn't the Rockets podcast, this isn't the Rockets insider, but if you think about the number of Hall of Fame players that have come through Houston over the last, let's say, five years, it's amazing. Uh-huh. Like they've yeah. had Dwight Howard, they've had Chris Paul, they've had Russell Westbrook, they've had there now they have John Wall, they've had Harden that whole time. Like it's just been, and maybe that's instructive. And then that a revolving door of super teams, revolving door of superstars, maybe doesn't work out that well. Like I'm not shocked that James Harden and Russell Westbrook didn't work out. Right. I think that's a good way to finish this one up. Our our new producer who. Uh, we're, we're, we're really excited about having Luis Vasquez is just mes- messaging us, telling us we got a couple minutes left before this thing cuts us off. Um, he's going to get this thing up online for everybody to listen to. Uh, we're going to continue to try to do these at the start of every week. We thank everybody for tuning in. And until the next time, what, what do I say? Take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>